Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Known to Ramble. I'm your host, Josh Cuminato, along with my good friend, Gotti Elkon. We are here talking about all of the San Diego Comic-Con drops about Phase 5 and 6 from Marvel. We got TV shows, we got movies, and we got tons of awesome new characters and actors coming to the universe. We also end the pod by talking about She-Hulk, episode... So as always, thank you for stopping by and joining us here on Known to Ramble. second half of our marvel pod the as the as the podcast is already said in its title we have been known to ramble and that's what we did about phase four we went on a little too long turning one podcast into two so today we are jumping into all of the news announced at san diego comic-con i believe it came out about two weeks ago and they gave us tons of big news about phase five and phase six they definitely just opened the vault, basically. I mean, it was a impressive gathering of people, as as Comic Con does. I mean, San Diego is uh, there's nowhere like it. I mean, London and New York attempt it, but San Diego is the all time uh, major player. And and along with all the Game of Thrones stuff, the Marvel stuff, I think, was the most talked about material out there. Hundred percent, and that's kind of the way it always is. This is mm-hmm. this is usually the big reveal for them, the first one. Uh, the next one's obviously D23, yeah, um, which comes in September, right? Mm-hmm. Right around the corner, so we'll get a lot more news then. Um, but I thought kind of the, the cool way to go through this would be just to kind of break down, kind of like we did Phase 4, in order what's kind of set up and how they're saying that they're going to release them. So first off, we got um, a few more things coming this year. Obviously, to end Phase 4, like we were mentioning, we're going to have She-Hulk, And we're also going to have um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And She-Hulk's already launched, so we're just waiting on Wakanda in November. Exactly. Um, But, so to start Phase 5, actually, it's going to be some TV shows. First off is going to be What If Season 2, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, I was really interested to see that, you know, with the first series, they were taking an animated show and 100% making it canon. Um, which we've seen, you know, the Star Wars universe do. Mm-hmm. And if if it can play out anything like the Star Wars universe has with the animated, those animated shows, uh, some of the most beloved characters have come out of those animated series. And so I've, I'm really excited to see if What If can kind of do the same thing. Like I've said in the, in the last one, we've already seen some of those pay off. And uh, I think we're going to get some, you know, extended stories. We're going to get to see kind of the next phase of some of these uh, one-off episodes that we saw last um, last season. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see where they take it. Yeah, I mean, if we, the amount of material they got out of it was, was impressive in one fold, but it was also their first ever attempt. So this season could be really dynamic because we are going to see potentially sequel versions of what we saw. We're also going to be able to, to potentially see new uh, ideas pop up that may take us down different angles. I mean, everything we kind of talked about, like the the Ultron bots thing, 
um, and, and being able to see the watcher. I, I think that's very important to what we're going to see in phase five and six, though. You know, just this proliferation of villainy everywhere. And it, it'll be in these forms. And we obviously know there's going to be a, a Marvel zombies again. So, I mean, even the ones that weren't thought of as anything other than just we'll have fun with it, they're becoming something. So the tie-ins are, are pretty amazing. I mean, the Disney Plus series are are proving their worth every time. And What If is one of those that really does a great job. And like you said, it 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 was it was fun. It was entertaining to watch. Hundred percent. And uh, so quickly following that, um, right after, uh, sorry, still still within uh, the calendar year of twenty twenty two, we're gonna get Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special Edition. Can't say I'm super excited about it, but knowing me and how much I'm willing to just tell Marvel to take my money, I'll probably end up loving it. Well, there's two things I'm hopeful for. A, Hawkeye made me really appreciate a holiday theme in a show form. I know this I was is, nervous. I was ex- the exact kind of nervous about Hawkeye exactly. as well. Like it, it, so the, the holiday special thing, I don't like it being titled that. I think that's not really in indicative of something fun it's almost like it's setting it up for something you know like yeah or it's gonna suck one one of the others i don't know if it's a throwaway um but the other side of it that makes it really interesting is i think guardians is kind of the perfect place to go with it because musically they've always been kind of their own uh they do their own dance to their to their you know side of things and i think them being the ones that are gonna holiday up especially with these little group things we're seeing uh, it's going to be more comedic, and that's that's James Gunn. And, you know, whenever you think of holiday, what's the first thing you kind of think of? Family. And yeah. what better kind of family in the MCU to kind of portray that? So I could see how it could work. Um, family. Oh, family. sorry. Vin. No, <laughs> so then uh, I believe the next thing coming up after that will be Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which... I know you're super excited about. I'm super excited about. We've we've talked about Jonathan Majors coming into the MCU. I think this is where he's going to, you know, really cement his conqueror flag and, uh, you know, set it in the ground. And I'm really excited to see how, you know, characters like Ant-Man and the Wasp are going to introduce us to someone so big and so, you know, kind of villainous that I'm really interested to see how what some would say are kind of like, you know, next tier Avengers, maybe not tier A Avengers, uh, it's gonna, you're going to kind of see that then those next ones step up. And how, you know, how, how can Ant-Man take on Kang? It's going to well, be see, weird. Th- that's the brilliance of it. I think it's important to realize Ant-Man's realm is the quantum realm, and that is going to yeah. be so massive that it's not necessarily Ant-Man and Wasp that matter. It's the last part of that title. It's the quantum, quantum realm. Yeah. yeah, that's what we're going to look forward to, and of course, that's where the Conqueror and all of his incarnations really gain power. He understands the realm maybe better than anyone else, and I think that's what's going to be great. I don't think Ant Man and Wasp are going to be able to do anything to Kang, and it could be something where we finally see some of our superheroes get beaten in a film. What does that mean, and what does that open up? Because I think. One of the elements of these next phases are if they're looking at it from where we think they're going, secret wars, we're going to see implosions and death and a lot of change happen to the universe. And I I, I don't know if it's going to be as happy maybe as other 
things have been. I think it'll be closer to what we saw when Thanos was killing folk. And I'm excited for that. I like the dark element of Marvel. I think, yeah, I think I'm very excited to see, you know, where they take that. Uh, we got a lot of returning characters in that movie. Um, we also have some some actors who are in it. We don't really know 100% what their characters are going to be, but we have Bill Murray coming into the MCU, which will be, re- you know, whatever he plays is going to be really fun. Um, there's also rumors that uh, Corey Stoll mm-hmm. from um, House of Cards fame, and uh, he, he was also in the very first Ant-Man as... Um, the, the evil, villain. Yeah, the villain. He, uh, what did they call him? Yellow Jacket. Mm-hmm. And he, I believe um, there are rumors that he's actually coming back to play MODOK. That somehow he is going, they're going to morph him into MODOK and how his story went from there. So I've heard that rumor. That could be pretty exciting. That's a big mind to bring into the game. 100% because MODOK's up to some crazy stuff all the time. Um. Well, okay, so if we keep on kind of moving in sequential order, I believe the next thing that's uh, kind of rumored to come out, we don't, we obviously don't have too many dates for these, but, you know, spring 2023 is when Secret Invasion is rumored uh, to be coming out, you know, another Disney Plus TV show. Um, this one's going to be heavy, heavy on the uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury. Um, I believe, uh, obviously, Co- Kobe Smulders is going to come back as Maria Hill with... Uh, um, with Nick Fury, and I believe there's been rumors, I, maybe even confirmation, of this is going to be the show that brings uh, Amelia Clark into the MCU, which would be fascinating. I, I think they're, they're they're needing more ladies. They've introduced enough guys, and Emily Clark's huge coming off the Game of Thrones. I think it'll be interesting to see who she plays in that. We don't know a lot about Secret Invasion other than you know it's Fury dealing scrolls. with the scrolls, yeah. and there's not much out there on that. Um, so it'll be fascinating to see if that becomes something big or if that's a kind of a smaller, you know, one where they're wrapping things up possibly. I mean, I think the Disney Plus shows give them the ability to make something big or make something more uh, intimate. I'm really excited about that one because who could we then see has been a scroll this entire time? I think whenever we saw at the end, I think it was Spider-Man Far From Home, mm-hmm. where at the very, very end we see that that version of Nick Fury and Maria Hill have been scrolls the entire time. I think, uh, and, and the same thing happened at the end of WandaVision with one of the, um, one of the, I believe it, FBI agents or whatever coming to talk to Maria Rambo mm-hmm. and changing into a scroll. I, yeah, I'm really excited to see like who's been scrolls all along because that that was the big thing in Secret Invasion in the comics is you learn that people you had no idea this entire time they've been a scroll and they've been you know up to basically like almost like secret plants behind the scene the entire time. Yeah, it, the infiltration of it could be massive, and it'll be fascinating to see if that becomes a player in the bigger thing. I think it has to. I 100% agree. I think I think it's going to be really uh, like espionage feel, mm-hmm. espionage movie. Or, I mean, a television show. Um, so that's in spring of 2023. Uh, following that, we have probably the one that I'm most excited for, um, other than Black, Pan- Black Panther Wakanda Forever, um, Guardians Volume 3. It has been a long time coming. Um, I, I can't even tell you when the Guardians Volume 2 came out, but it's well over five or six or seven years ago. So it's been a long time coming. Um, we already have confirmation that we are going to get uh, um, Adam Warlock. Yep. We saw we saw that kind of teaser at the end of Volume Two. 
We also uh, saw at San Diego Comic-Con, he showed up in costume, the High Evolutionary, uh, which is going to finally give us something that I know all Guardians fans have been really excited to see on the big screen, and that is Guardian or uh, Rocket's backstory. You know, we've always, ever since we've seen those scars on his back in episode one, we've wondered, how did the raccoon, who's not actually a raccoon, how did the trash panda uh, get to where he is? And so we're finally, we, we know from the short clip that they showed in-house, which I can't believe hasn't leaked anywhere, um, but the short clip that they showed in-house, the one thing that did leak is we see Baby Ra- baby uh, Rocket. So we know that we're going to get that story. And I'm really, really excited to see that. I think it's going to be heartfelt. And, uh, yeah, James Gunn has already said that this is going to be the conclusion of this version of the Guardian story. That doesn't mean everybody's going to die. That doesn't mean, you know, everybody's going to ride off into the sunset or anything like that. But he did say this is this is going to wrap things up. And so... With, with the kind of storyteller we've seen that James Gunn is between volume one, volume two, uh, you know, resurrecting Suicide Squad mm-hmm. for DC, Peacemaker, the television show, I think we can all be very excited that this story is going to be concluded in his hands. Yeah, it, it got a little dicey. I mean, he sometimes says things that gets him in trouble, but that's also why he's brilliant is the things he says can be quite honestly, some of the funniest, most poignant material that's ever been a part of the MCU, or let's be honest, any of these tentpole type things. You said DC. The best thing that ever happened to him was James Gunn redoing Suicide Squad. Um, 100%. But I, I agree with you. I, what I'm, I'm most interested to see is how much of them will be remaining. Will Drax remain a big part of the universe? Will he not? Like, I, I understand what he's hinting at, that there is the split and a rift we may not get as much death as we think, but we will lose someone. I think we can kind of figure out who that is. But um, Guardians is is a is one of those pieces that people love. So they they don't want to mess it up, but they also need to somehow figure out how to move it along. Just on a quick ender for Guardians Volume Three, I think it's also fascinating that we're going to get Borat's daughter as Cosmo the dog so I'm excited to see how that's going to play out too and that that's just more of James Gunn's humorous mind you know with that casting for you so um moving on uh, that once again that one's going to come out we do have dates for Ant-Man Quantum Mania that's February 17th 2023 we have a date for Guardians Volume 3 that's going to be May 5th 2023 and then I, I like to I would assume that between that and this the July release date, we'll probably get another one of these shows. We have two shows rumored to come out in the summer of 2023. Um, the first one is Echo. Uh, we're gonna get to revisit that character from Hawkeye, who um, I found very endearing. I loved seeing her as a as a sweet little girl, um, and then you know how they slowly reveal to us that. You know, not only is she a very handicapable person, she's out here like totally whooping butt. And um, I'm excited to revisit that character. I, I, I would assume that that means that we're also going to revisit another character from Hawkeye that, you know, left on a cliffhanger, if you will. But those of us that have kind of seen the comics and seen where that story go know that we're going to have Kingpin back. So we'll, I think we're going to get Kingpin back in uh, Echo as well. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see where this one goes. And it bleeds into all the, the, the news out there, of course, of, of Charlie coming back for Daredevil, which will impact this realm. Um, and, you know, the Defenders as a whole. I mean, 
I don't think you can not have Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, these these integral parts to that team. That team will be in the Marvel Universe soon. And I think it's one of the more fun groups. And, and Kingpin will become a major player. I, I think you don't bring back uh, that A-list actor for this type of role if you don't think that they're going to be a massive part of kind of that side of the universe. And, and what, what you have to like about all these things coming from Hawkeye, it builds up Hawkeye and uh, Kate Bishop and that whole thing too. I, I, I'm, I'm excited for all these shows. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Um, also, summer 2023. Next up, we have Loki season two. And like like I said on the last pod, to me, Loki is probably my favorite TV show that's come out so far. If not, if not Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel was more endearing to me. But to me, the the overall full cohesiveness of the Loki story, I really really enjoyed it. And so I'm really excited to see Loki season two where they left us at the end of season one, where he has basically come back to what he thinks is the exact same TVA to only see that instead of it being run by the, you know, the three robot figureheads it was before. Now it's run by Kang. Like we know that's him. We know that's he, he's in his outfit basically up there. And, uh, you know, I'm really, really excited to see Loki have to, you know, Loki and Sylvie both have to answer for what, what they did. The first show was not just a favorite because I think it was a, a really well-done show, and obviously I think Hiddleston is one of the most beloved characters uh, in the universe. But it's a game-changer as far as the material and conversations that come about the universe itself and what Kang identifies with it, but also the multiverses themselves and the variants there's so much material that came from Loki that bleeds into it. It was as influential, I think, as, as the Miles Morales uh, film was to opening the universe to this really explaining it and giving us so many more back characters and, and continuing the, the, the Marvel legacy of people who watch over things and that, you know, we'll get into Secret Invasion and, and who is watching and who is who and what side you're on. Um, these are the things that are going to start building into the phases that really make you choose your side and choose who you want to follow. And I think Loki is going to be one of the more game changers as far as this phase. I think we're going to get something massive in it. I don't know what it is yet, but they're going to do something that either steers us one way or steers us the other. And everything following that is going to be impacted from it, just like this first series. Yeah, in season one, by the end of it, we got Kang. We saw, we actually saw Kang for the first time. We got a broken multiverse where we see fractured incursions happening everywhere, which I thought was fascinating. So I, I absolutely agree. I don't think they're going to do a second season where at the end of it, we're left in the same spot we are. Um, and like I, think, I thought that you made a really good point in our first uh, podcast about this, that with a lot of these shows, when you look at where they've left us at the end of at the end of the show, sometimes yes, the story to get us there has been a little um, disjointed in some places. But and I'll use Falcon and the Winter Soldier as an example. Yes, that story was disjointed and didn't quite make a whole lot of sense. It didn't get us to really buy into like the Flag Smashers or really, you know, find you know any connection with some characters. But then at the same time, it by the end of it, it's given us a world where we have Isaiah Bradley. It's given us a world where we have 
uh, Sam Wilson is cap looking like a baller and it's uh, it's given us a lot of really really interesting characters that we can then build out of and um, you know kind of where we've left been left at the end of series I think that's what a lot of these series are doing and I 100% agree with you that that's exactly what Loki season 2 is going to do um, so that right there that puts us in summer of 2023 uh, the next movie to come out is July 28 2023 and this is the Marvels. This is where we're going to get um, Kamala Khan. We're going to get uh, Carol Danvers and we're going to get Monica Rambeau out here being like the ultimate Marvels team up team. I'm really excited about it. At the end of Miss Marvel, we saw Kamala Khan and uh, Carol Danvers kind of switch. We don't know exactly what happened, but to me, it looked like they almost like switched spots. It looked like that was Carol Danvers there kind of looking around the room wondering like, how did I get here? Um, a lot of people thought that might have been a nod to the comic where Kamala Khan actually turns into Carol Danvers or like uh, replicates her appearance after it once she's in the Terrigen Mist. But um, I, upon further review, I think it's much more that they kind of switch spots and she's confused about where she is. So I think that this that's where this movie is going to answer that question. Um, that show perfectly set us up for uh, seeing the Marvels, especially characters we love now in Kamala and um, Monica, I thought her story was endearing in WandaVision, how I think she was the first time we got to see what ha- what what it looks like if you were blipped, mm-hmm. where how you, it basically looks like an instant reaction. You have no idea what happened. It feels like a millisecond to you, while to everybody else it was five years. I thought that was fascinating play out, and I hope we get to see more of her story with that as well. Yeah, and I think it's important that they're calling it Marvels, and that's hinting at it being a separation of Danvers and uh, Khan. Uh, because that will be an interesting, what are they going to do with that? Because that isn't following necessarily uh, a couple of different incarnations of the of the comics. But we also, with this show, there could be a lot of ramifications of where they are at. Did they go, Is where was Carol anyways? You know, like there's, there's so many questions with it. Um, it's one of those things. I think we're going to get a lot of stuff in all these things we've talked about that will lead into what the Marvels may be. But it's it's a it's another one of those big massive world changers, and at this point, Carol is that powerful of a figure. You have to kind of answer the question of: Are there bigger players in in play, or is she going to continue to be someone as massively powerful? Where she, you know, she was the one who kind of punched around, you know, the great purple one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, the, who are the big players in the game? we will start to feel by this movie. 100%. I think we've already seen that one of those is Wanda. Wanda's a big player. She can she Which can come side is she swing. on? I don't think yeah. it's a good side. That that's that's the problem with Wanda. <laughs> um <laughs> uh so next up, we kind of make our way into the fall of 2023. Um we have a TV show coming out in uh we don't have a confirmed date obviously, but in the fall of 2023 we're going to have Ironheart. Um, we're going to get introduced to Riri Williams uh, for the first time in Wakanda forever. Um, I think she's a character that, you know, a lot. I think we're going to fall in love with her as well. Uh, from you, the trailers we've seen, I think we're going to get introduced to her almost as like a surrogate sister for Shuri. Uh, it looks like they, they have that really, it looks like they have the bond from the trailer, but that can always play out differently. Um, but I think it's going to be a really endearing character and, uh, to be honest, I, I'm not familiar a lot with the with the comic run of this character, so I'm really, really excited to learn more. It's amazing that a character that hasn't been introduced is getting its own movie, you know, 
less than a year later from the from its introduction. I think that says everything to do with how much uh, they've liked their casting choice, but also that they kind of have this side of the story plotted out a lot more than I think we realized. Um, and that's pretty amazing coming from the one film that had the most questions because of, you know, we lost our star. So uh, it, it, this Wakanda Forever movie, I think, is going to be an emotional roller coaster, but it's also going to be a very pivotal um, show in getting us into these phases. And Ironheart, uh, I agree with you, Josh. We, we haven't seen as much incarnation of the character, but basically she's going to be what Iron Man was to the Avengers. She's that intelligent creator of a lot of different things, and we're going to see her, uh, what she creates is being pivotal. Yeah, she's. I think she's going to be the spe- one of the big spearheaders for the, the Young Avengers, which it's obvious that we're kind of headed down that road with how many we've got most of them introed i know i'm 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 excited about that one and um we haven't had a release date for anything called young avengers but we'll talk more about that here in a second um so that's right now we're in fall of 2023 uh we have a confirmed november 3rd 2023 release date for blade uh which basically november 3rd i'm i'm gonna assume that you know, within that week, right before that, we got Halloween basically four days earlier. So I think it's going to be, uh, they're going to play up to that. I think it's going to have that kind of horror feel. Um, I'm obviously super excited about this casting. I know it's one of your favorite actors. Mahershala Ali is, is a tour de force of talent. Like for him to take this on, that is, I mean, I thought it was big that Anthony Mackie came into the universe of, of, of seasoned actors. I mean, that's a Yale guy. And now he's doing, you know, you know, Captain America, basically. But Mahershala Ali is one of those great talents. And for him to take on this role, we've already heard his voice, so we know he's there. Um, it, it, Blade is such a fascinating figure in, in the universe because that opens some interesting villains, but also really opens up the door of, like, Blade crosses over a lot more than people realize. And I I, I agree with you, the Halloween setting, it... it this could be that Doctor Strange went that realm, but even more. And who doesn't love a good vampire story? Yeah, I think it's going to be really, really fun. Um, next up, we have coming. So we kind of have a gap between November 3rd and as far as movies go, the next one coming is May 3rd of 2024. So we also have a, a uh, show confirmed for spring of 2024. I would say that other than Loki season two, I'm the most excited about this one. And that is Daredevil Born Again. The title comes up, is straight pulled from the Frank Miller run, mm-hmm. who, I mean, I think you'll agree is one of the best comic book writers of all time. Um, so I'm really excited to see that they're going to be adapting that, you know, kind of comic book run. Uh, we're going to get Charlie Cox back. I'm sure we're going to get Vincent uh, D'Onfrio back. Um, we're going to see Charlie Cox pop up, pop up a few times before then, meaning we're only going to have more people for him to interact, and his world's only going to get bigger outside of Hell's Kitchen. And I'm really, really excited about this show. The shocking part is it's going to be 18 episodes, which I'm fascinated by. I don't know if that's going to then be broken up into two seasons or something like that, or if they're shorter episodes each time, but... Um, that'll by far be the longest, you know, episodic run, uh, that they've had so far. And so, um, you know, I'm really, really, really excited to see Charlie Cox come back. 
it seems like they're planting the ability to really have certain shows or TV things kind of be massive moments in the universe. Um, I don't think those dates are going to end up being what they are. The 18 episodes, I feel that's a bleeder. If they can get it done in time, that's your perfect way to end 2023 is the first six episodes maybe, and then you get your following. Because I think it's going to be multiple seasons, and I think it'll bleed into Defenders and other things like that. I, I think the 18 episodes is more, they know they want this to be big, so they're putting it in this spot because the step from there is... I think the breakdown of the universe is start then. You know what I mean? There's a lot of like after that S hits the fan, right? You yeah. Know, really? I mean, we have to look at it. It's a year and a half into these phases. There is no longer a need for even referencing maybe even the phase four because they're going to be so far gone. Um, and that, that, that side of hell's kitchen becoming bigger is going to be something massive. I think you could be absolutely right with the whole, the reason it's 18 episodes is because, it's not going to be just a daredevil show. Yeah. It could be, could be a lot more defenders brought in. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think you could be onto something there. Um, there's some contracts that haven't signed yet. hundred percent. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And once they are signed, we won't hear about them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before there's only one other show that we have confirmed, but, uh, that's coming in winter of 2023 or spring of 2024. Um, so we'll get to that one in just a second, but we got a few shows to kind uh, oh, sorry. No, 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 There's no, I'm, I'm, I'm backwards. Agatha Har- Harkness, uh, Coven of Chaos. That's the one that's coming. Um, yeah. Catherine Hahn totally earned her own show after, <laughs> after what she did in WandaVision. Um, we left her in, uh, New Jersey. We left her in the town in New Jersey and she's just kind of playing her role right now, which, She's obviously going to figure some way to break out of that. She's uh, she's way too powerful for that. And um, so originally this was called uh, Agatha House of Harkness, but they changed the name uh, with this release to Agatha Harkness Coven of Chaos. And um, after we saw how the Coven played such a big role in that in, in WandaVision with the flashbacks to how she kind of became her and, you know, basically her mom just ready to take her out, uh, I think, I think that word coven and, you know, chaos magic from Wanda's chaos magic. I think they're setting us up for, you know, pretty explosive show. Bunch of witches. Tons of them. I mean, a coven is, I mean, a house to a coven is very different. A coven is a group of these witches. A house could just be for, you know, Agatha. But I think that's what it, it did. I think they originally had the idea as being a small off show, but Catherine Hahn is a very talented actress and she stole every single scene she was in and they realized we can bring this story further. We know it's going to bleed into, you know, to uh, Wanda, but also bleeds into so many of the other Dr. Strange and, and, and all these levels. And I think uh, who, who Agatha will team up with will be very interesting. Absolutely. Um, so that's, that's all the shows that we have confirmed from here on. We've hit uh, 2024 and we have, we have some really exciting movies to roll through. We're going to get Captain America, New World Order, uh, featuring Sam Wilson as Captain America. We saw at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, he looks awesome in his new suit. Um, and he was really ready to take up that mantle. He basically said, if I'm not willing to do it, you know, who uh, I, I can't depend on someone else necessarily to do it. I can, But I know I can depend on myself to do this job. 
Um, it was really exciting to see him kind of come to terms with all that. Uh, that was, that was the beautiful part of that show, I thought. And, uh, I'm really, really excited to see where they take his story. You know, I think we'll get Bucky back. They worked way too well together to not see more of that, you know, kind of buddy cop relationship. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm new world order, the new world order. Does that mean Hydra's coming back? I, 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 that's the first thing that popped in my head. What, what is the incarnation of Hydra that will come back? Zola. Who, who's going to be fighting, uh, you know, this, this new captain. And, and what I, what I love about it is what you said about, um, him coming to terms, the Isaiah Bradley effect on him as a, a character is so massive. It is the, it's bigger than Steve. The, there's something massive about being able to have like what I think a history and I don't know if he ever felt like he did. He was always a secondary character. I think this is a chance to really showcase a character that a show kind of got bogged down for other reasons that it was trying to do something like that. And I think the film will do that. Now I'm curious where it goes and it's so late in the game. I think we're going to see a lot of difference and Bucky's choices may be different because of that. So it'll be interesting to see what's happened before that and impacts the film. Cause that's also another date that I don't think is that late. I yeah. think we could see that earlier as a quick bleed it in. I think we, I think we also will see probably both Sam and Bucky before we even have that show. I agree. So, you know, we'll, we'll get more ideas of where that's going. Um, July 26th, 2024 Thunderbolts. We get, finally get to see what Val has been putting together this whole time. Um, you know, I think in, more Julie Louis Dreyfus on uh, the screen is never a bad thing. And, um, you know, some of the characters that I think we have confirmed for it, obviously, Elena, we've mm-hmm. talked about how much we love Florence Pugh in that role. Uh, we're going to get um, uh, John Walker back. Yeah. Um, I think. I think he his character could have you know suffered a little bit from that writing in that show too. So I'm interested to see if they can make him, you know, not necessarily more believable. I believed his character, but more relatable. You know what I mean? But he's also Johnny Walker. It's not meant to be a hit like a heel turn in wrestling. Like that was the yeah. problem with it. It came across as that. And exactly. in the comics, it's not that. It's his. Slow ideology des- slow descent yeah like it it's something that bleeds into him over time which i think is very reflective of what we see in the real world like yeah. i think that character got a real big disservice but it wasn't because of the acting or or the show it was just they had to change stuff because of covid and because of you know what covid enlisted connecting to this plot line yeah and they had to reevaluate everything so i think that was like you said was one part that got kind of axed out but uh Val is, uh, you don't bring on that actress if you don't have her being a massive figure and being very close to Fury's level of control. Uh, I think Julia is going to be massive in implementing a lot of change, and, and she's got a quirky character, Killers, that I think we'll see. I think we're going to see Zemo. I think he's going to be back as part of the Thunderbolts. I think we'll get Abomination. Um, Why else is he getting She-Hulk? Yeah, I think, I, so I think... I think, and obviously more players to come. Um, so that one's going to be a lot of fun. I I don't think whenever they first planned Thunderbolts, though, I didn't. I don't think they were anticipating um, William Hurt uh, yeah, passing. Pa- passing, who has played Thaddeus Ross 
since uh, the very first Hulk movie it was, wasn't yeah. it? Or he might have, did he show up in Iron Man 1 just for a second, maybe? Maybe I can't, it's possible. I can't remember. I know Hulk, the Hulk movie, he was a ma- major player. And so I'm wondering, how, because obviously in Thunderbolts, I'm sure Red Hulk was a plan, because yeah. that's something that happens with Thaddeus. And so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering kind of where they go with that. It'd be hard to write it out. It's yeah. a part of that sh- struggle. Yeah. So it, do you recast it? That's tough. William Hurt was a, an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of the MCU. But as far as the MCU, he was one of those veterans that came in and really helped give it some Elevated. weight. Robert yeah. Redford, another yeah. one that did I mean, without, the same thing. With these veteran actors, John Favreau and this crazy idea of his may not have a, a, been possible. Absolutely. Um, so uh, coming up after that, we... Have a break uh, from July to November. And in November, um, one that I'm very, very, very excited about, uh, it honestly to me hasn't ever been done right on the big screen, and that is Fantastic Four. If you look at it, there's two ways to, to tackle this film. There's to tackle it as the film itself, which we've got in, you know, uh, we, we know who we possibly have as Mr. Fantastic, and in real life we may know who the his wife is, um, possibly. So we, we might have some casting. We're already getting rumors of Doom is in uh, in Wakanda Forever uh, end sequence. So we're, we're starting to get this universe back in. Um, it, it is probably the one property that Marvel has ran into the ground worse than any other product, and that's including X-Men, which I think they've in many ways ruined half of X-Men storylines. The Dark Phoenix thing was one of the worst things they ever did because they just didn't do it dark enough. Um, X-Men and Fantastic Four are important, though, on a bigger scale. If you're looking at this as a Secret Wars is the total phase control of what's happening, which is basically the multi-universes will start to implode and Doctor Doom will take over and there will end up with a, a world he creates. Now... It's important to know who wrote Secret Wars, the the, the new version in 2015, is uh, a name I think everyone needs to understand. This person, if there's someone whispering in Kevin Feige's ear, it's Jonathan Hickman. Hickman's properties prior to this, the redoing of Fantastic Four, and most recently, him redoing X-Men like we've never seen before, completely changing the whole scope of what a mutant, mutant story will be. And now he's doing basically the Sandman version of for Marvel. Jonathan Hickman is easily one of the most weighted names in the Marvel comic world. And there's without a doubt, he is a fan of the writers and the team that are creating Phase 5 and 6, especially Kevin. I think if you're not reading Jonathan Hickman, all these things are going to seem kind of crazy. But if you are reading him, they're going to look very familiar. And Fantastic Four... I don't see how it's not his storyline, which means we're going to get a bunch of dark reads. Uh, it's going to be insane. Do you think um, from there we even get... Uh, I'm, I don't know how they would do it necessarily to introduce those characters, but um, I'm I'm excited to see how the descendant of Reed Richards, Nathaniel Richards, um, that, that character can go basically one of two ways in his multiverse, one of which is Kang, and one of which is a superhero, Iron Lad. Iron Lad, yeah. Is that what it is? Um, 
so I'm I'm very interested to see how that goes. Uh, fa- with Fantastic Four, I can't wait for the casting to be announced. I think we get that at D23. I think at D23 they could announce uh, the casting for Fantastic Four. Um, I hope because I loved uh, seeing John Krasinski. I love seeing John Krasinski as uh, Reed Richards. Um, it made my heart smile. I'm not going to lie. It then broke my heart about three minutes later. <laughs> but uh, I, I think, you know, that was huge fan service. I'd, I'd be kind of excited to see him and his wife play uh, those roles together, especially considering seeing them in The Quiet Place and how be- like how beautifully they played off each other in there. I think that would be a, a great story. Um so yeah, I'm with you. Fantastic Four is going to be exciting. It's going to set up so much. Uh, you can't do a Fantastic Four without a Doctor Doom. Th- that, that's why I think the kind of cool thing would be is every other time we've seen the Fantastic Four introduced in this exact same way, and then we see Doctor Doom introduced as the villain. Mm-hmm. What if all of a sudden they reverse it and we meet Doctor Doom before we meet the Fantastic Four? And it not because you know, not because that's like how the story happened. Like he he had the uh, he got changed first but because that he's he's been playing this kind of whole backstory thing and then we get a flashback to where fantastic four have been or what they've been doing and that plays into hinkman's tale because doom is ultimately gonna run the 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 secret wars battle universe 100 percent. i mean it i i completely have been brought around to that idea i originally didn't think that but I, I think it, the writing's on the wall with the, what they've released. Hinkman is their voice. Why wouldn't they follow him in Doom next? That's the play. I I agree. Uh, we'll have, what is that, about seven months. Then my birthday weekend again, May 2nd, we get Avengers Kang Dynasty. Um, as we've said, Kang's going to be the biggest player in this. He's, he's going to be Thanos on steroids. Uh, it's going to be super cool. And... Jonathan Majors, perfect actor for it. But I think the reason that we're going to see Kang Dynasty is um, in that movie, we're going to see, you know, Pharaoh Ramatut. We're going to see Nathaniel Richards. We're going to see uh, Kang. We're going to see He Who Remains. We're going to see all these different versions of Kang and throughout the multiverses, throughout the timelines. And uh, I think that's why they're calling it Kang Dynasty. And I think it's going to feel very Infinity Wars-ish where – where we're left at the end of Kang Dynasty, we don't feel good. And if you look at Quantum Realm, I think we're going to get our first other variant released in that to point towards this film. I think that's exactly what you're saying. It's going to be, you don't call it the Kang Dynasty if it's not going to revolve around that dynamic of a character. And his storyline is so huge and massive. Um, God, it's going to be awesome. I know. I'm really excited about that one. The cat, the casting alone makes me so pumped for that and one. And have you seen photos recently of Jonathan? He's gotten swole as hell. He's, oh, my gosh. He's, huge. He's going to kill Paul I Rudd. mean, that kid was huge in Love, Con- uh, Love Country, what, uh, the HBO show that uh, was Lovecraft amazing. Con- Love, Love, yes. Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft Which, Country. How that didn't get, I mean, get I know a second what, season. Oh I, think it, I think it was always intended to be one-off, but... That shit was amazing. <laughs> I know that that show was awesome. So if, I if agree. he's bigger than that, that kid's massive. I can yeah, it's he's the perfect casting for that role. Um, the last confirmed movie that we have as far and 
like we say, these dates are going to move around, I'm sure. But November 7th, 2025, we get Avengers Secret Wars. Like we've kind of been talking this whole time. It's it's obvious. There's there's two different runs that they did. There's one back in, I believe, the, the 80s. 80s. Yeah. yeah, and that was the Beyonder. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man, the animated series in the 90s, did a kind of three series, three episode series or four episode series on Secret Wars with the Beyonder. So if you're interested in Secret Wars, I highly recommend checking that out. I saw it about two weeks ago. I just put it on. Just uh, and time out for a second. Can we all can we agree that all of those '90s animated shows had the absolute best intros with like the shredding electric guitars? I sorry, I'm, I know I'm going on a rant, but like that Spider-Man intro, oh, I love it. <laughs> um, but. Uh, with Secret Wars, yeah, check out that check out those Spider-Man episodes if you're interested in kind of you know a version of what this story could be. But we're getting I 100% agree with you. We're getting the Jonathan Hickman run. We're getting Doctor Doom. It, it, it and it's important for two reasons. One, it can end your phase, and you can start anywhere in the next phase, which I think is really what Kevin Feige is going for because. If there is one thing we haven't mentioned, well, there is a Disney show, a Disney Plus show that will be the 97 X-Men, but that's the next group, and we're getting, we always get hints. We got Wolverine in this, we'll talk about it later, but this episode of She-Hulk, we will see the reincarnation of X-Men. I don't know if we will see it in this realm, but maybe teased. the, the the plot line of Secret Wars allows you to just close out everything, and I think that's an important thing to understand. Marvel may not know exactly what step after this, but I think they know they want to get to an even bigger end game than they already did, and they killed everyone, you know, half the population. So like, now they're gonna try and do all of it. So it's like, you go massive and massive like this because you can start from scratch after this, and that's. The beauty of the Hinkman Secret Wars. It created a battle royale and it came out in Game of Thrones, by the way, which was also everybody's killing off each other to get to one person sitting on a throne. Same storyline. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to see where that's going to leave us because, like you said, you don't have that story with a lot of death. You have to kill off people. You're killing off universes. 100%. That's the difference between what we've seen in Marvel. And where we're going, it's a it's a whole nother way of looking. We looked at a space filled universe that was conquerable. Now we're looking at timelines and multiverses that expanded to the infinite. All right, and just to kind of uh, kind of cap this off, we do have a few unannounced things that will be coming out. So. Um, we have two series that will be in the fall of 2024. We have another series in winter of 2024. So, uh, you know, September, November, December, it feels like we're going to get kind of some back-to-back series. In winter of 2025, we're going to get another um, movie. And then two more titles in the spring, so probably like January and March. And then two more titles in uh, summer of 2025. So there's still what is that eight things that they haven't even announced that they're obviously trying to save for D 23 or for next year's comic-con. Um, but there's so much coming. And I, as we've shown here, we could talk about it for days, but, um, I'm, 
I'm the Marvel's just going to keep taking my money till I die. I've, I've accepted it. It's, it's what they do. They're good at it. They work. It, it's the weirdest thing because I think it's the one people didn't. It's okay. Star Wars universe is massive. Marvel didn't seem that massive. Now it does. Uh, DC has Batman and Superman and all these classic greats and they do so well. Yeah. DC's ruined the storylines. Marvel hasn't. Marvel has continued to tell these stories. They've had some difficulties. Spider-Man went through, you know, a couple actors, and obviously Fantastic Four hit a wall and basically, you know, alienated whole directors' careers even. So it'll be interesting to see now that Feige and this team have got it in such a cohesive running locomotive, it really is unprecedented where it's going, and it's already the biggest thing on the planet. So, like, where does it go from there? Hundred percent. So I think I think that's a good kind of stopping point for um, you know running down what we have going uh, or coming up in phase five and phase six. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about the second episode of She-Hulk. Spoilers to be included, just to let you know. back and we're talking the second episode of She-Hulk. Um, so, Cody, I'm going to throw it over to you to get started with this one. What did, what did you think of uh, our second dive into learning more about uh, Jen Walters? Shorter than I anticipated. Uh, I know the first episode is always the longest episode, but it was like 28 minutes. It's under 30. I mean, I didn't realize She-Hulk would be kind of short and sweet, but I like it. Um, I think it was uh, pretty funny with the family sequences, but there were some important things in it. Um, the title is Superhuman Law, which obviously plays off of what her career is. But um, the superhuman element is uh, bleeding into a different uh, connection, if you will, that I thought they did a, an amazing job of allowing uh, a character to come back into the universe properly. But also, I thought the best sequence of maybe a lot of these TV shows was Tim Roth's speech to her, that's some of the best stuff they've ever done. I I agree. I thought it made Abomination so relatable. And after, I mean, the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton has its issues, but the he's so just like he'll turn evil bad in that. But then in this, he comes out and he's like, I thought I was, I thought I was, you know, going to be Captain America. Your government pumps me full of the, the super soldier serum tells me that I'm being the superhero and going out and doing the right thing by trying to take out Bruce Banner. And I'm the one who's now been in this cell for, you know, since how is that fair? And when he said that, I, I highly related with his side. I I totally understood it. Um, one thing that I thought was a little funny was how, uh, you know, when she calls Bruce to talk it all out and see if he's going to be okay with her taking this job and everything, basically she's calling to tell him that she did it. And he's, uh, He's like, yeah, I, you know, I was almost a completely different person back then. Totally throwing in the meta joke with uh, <laughs> that Edward Norton was the actor. So um, I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, I agree with you, Emil Blonsky. I, I can't wait to see where they kind of take his character. One thing I want to get your opinion on, GLK and H. 
obviously, you know, his goal was to hire her. Do you think he, do you think he is the one who sent Titania into the courtroom to force her to Hulk out? Cause he kind of knew some repercussions would come and that would be his opportunity to kind of snatch her up with what occurred. Yeah, it does seem like that. And I don't think they're teasing that as there's a, a flip to it. I think that's exactly what it is. I agree with you. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting play with her being made to be the She-Hulk in the law room. I think there's something behind this firm. Why are they taking this case anyways? Who cares about Emil Blonsky if you're this law firm? There is something behind this law firm um, that I think will get revealed to. I, I think there's a bigger who's doing this to her. Val? Because I, I, I think I think that's why they're... That this law firm is trying to get him off so mm-hmm. he can be available. They, they even said, so he said, so I can work for the U S government or something like that to, I, he hinted at it. I don't know if they said it directly. Um, but it very, very much felt like thunderbolts. We're trying to get him out so we can see him in the thunderbolts. Yeah. And I mean, Val's manipulation. I mean, she is, she can do a Hydra thing on this. She could do a lot of things with the U S government and, there's, yeah, I, I think we're we're getting that hint. I think there's a lot of uh, bigger picture stuff. She Hulk will continue to reveal each week. And uh, funny, funny little thing. We'll we'll touch on the two Easter eggs that were really exciting um, last week. After I said, "How can you have a giant celestial come out of the ocean and no one say anything about it?" Uh, we get a tiny little news, a tiny little news uh, article title on the side of a website that um jen's looking at the related articles the related articles that's what it was and uh one of them says um you know giant giant stone body comes out of ocean it's a question it says why is there a giant statue of a guy sticking out of the ocean yeah exactly so obviously referencing tiamat and then the other one that i know all of all of us nerds were super excited about. This blew up on Reddit and everything. Do you, do you have the actual quote right there? Uh, let's see. Man fights with metal claws in bar brawl. Well, there's only one man that we know that does that. that and that's my man, Logan. Uh, How can it not be that? No, no one has claws and fights in bar brawls <laughs> other than Logan. So, uh, the most beloved figure in all of Marvel. Can we say it? I think I think pretty close. I th- I think you could Is argue Spider Man. Maybe I think, to me, I think Spider Man's number one. I think number two, maybe tied with Wolverine, just because of launching the launching the MCU Iron Man. Wow. I think people have have a real beloved uh, and affection for RDJ in that role. But I can agree um, as far as someone embodying the role, Hugh Jackman took that to a whole nother level and that's kind of all we can see which is almost unfortunate for whoever they cast next but knowing what feige does they'll they'll make the right decision yeah and i mean, they've hinted at some interesting names over the years and it'll be it'll be cool to see what direction they go with what what version of wolverine are we getting i mean them doing the 97 thing is interesting and and seeing where uh professor x is on the illuminati what is that? Is that a hint towards the other side of X Men? There's a lot of questions with where they're going to go with that, and uh, if they're teasing it now, how many more of these are we going to get? Are we going to? Is that a secret casting we're going to see 
not D23, but next year D23, boy, you can put out some names out there next year that'll blow the damn world up. That's right. So, uh, episode three dropping next week. Um, we, I don't, I don't know that we'll necessarily get a weekly kind of reaction pod, but it just kind of felt really, really appropriate with uh, doing Marvel pods these past two weeks. But um, I can definitely guarantee we'll we'll check in before the show is completely over. That's for sure. Um, so we're going to take another quick break, and we'll come back and wrap things up here on Known to Ramble. Thank you so much for joining us here again on another episode of Known to Ramble. Next week, we have our first guest, my wonderful wifey, Katrina Cuminato, to talk about all things food, local, and abroad. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at K2RPod and on Instagram at Known to Ramble. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.